Amen. We don't have any hams in there, do we? All right, let's take our Bibles tonight and turn to... I'll tell you what, if you'll just turn to Proverbs 22, we'll be there briefly. And then if you'll go to 2 Timothy chapter 3, that's where we're going to be primarily tonight. But we'll begin in Proverbs 22 again. Tonight will be part 3. Last Sunday night we saw the first part of verse number 6 of Proverbs 22. And we spoke about the work commanded, train up a child. And then this morning we saw the uh, way charted. Train up a child in the way he should go, the way charted. And we spoke about that this morning here from Proverbs 22. And the latter part of Proverbs 22, verse number 6, it says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. In Isaiah chapter 30, verse number 21, And thine ears shall hear a word behind thee, saying, This is the way, walk ye in it. This is the way, walk ye in it. That's what we've been speaking about. This is the way, walk ye in it. And tonight, I want us to go to 2 Timothy chapter 3, and we're going to see tonight the walk continued. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. The walk continued. And I want to take us here to 2 Timothy chapter number 3, and I want to show us tonight... How to continue, I want to show us tonight how important it is to continue. Second Timothy chapter number 3. The word continue, it means to persist. It means to persist in an activity or process. It means ongoing. It means sustained. And it means steady. Continue. Look, any, anybody can, can blow in and blow out. But what God desires is for people to be steady. Uh, God, God, doesn't bless, God doesn't bless the Christian life that is characterized by the sprint. God blesses the Christian life that is characterized by the marathon by the person who just continually and, and, or excuse me, steadily continues. Just steadily continues. God blesses faithfulness. We talk about that all the time. Well done, thou good and what? Faithful servant. And God blesses faithfulness. In 2 Timothy chapter number 3, we come here to the Apostle Paul. He's exhorting his young son in the faith, Timothy. And I want to begin in verse, actually let's just do this. Let's just back up and, and just read a good portion of the chapter. We're not going to look at all of it tonight. Uh, we're primarily going to look at the, the last few verses of chapter 3. But let's begin in verse number 1 tonight. The walk continued. The walk continued. The world, the flesh, and the devil would desire every single one of us tonight to quit. And I'm not talking about quitting on this church or going somewhere else. That's not what I'm talking about tonight. 
I'm speaking about quitting on God. The world, the flesh, and the devil would desire for us to do that. Teenagers tonight, kids tonight, the devil and the flesh would love nothing more than when you get out of your parents' home to quit going to church. To quit. Continue. Look what he says in 2 Timothy 3 verse 1. He says, This know, excuse me, know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Now, every characteristic trait that we're getting ready to read is characteristic of our day. I don't believe it's just characteristic of our day. I, I believe there's probably many generations that these words characterize, but we see it so vividly in our world today. He says, For men should be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. What does he say? He says, from such, do what? Turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women, laden with sins, led away with divers' lust, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as Janice and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. See, he's telling Timothy, he's saying, look, there are going to be people who, they, Timothy, you know, there are people who resist the truth. We'll go back in just a moment. He mentions some in chapter number 1 of 2 Timothy. He says, Timothy, you, you know there are people who resist the truth. He said, they may resist the truth and they may, they, they may never acknowledge the truth, but, but Timothy, you can't quit. Timothy, you can't cause that to cause you to quit. Timothy, you, you're, you're going to deal with people who are, are going to love, be lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Timothy, you can't let that frustrate you. Timothy, you're going to have individuals who they come across as being godly individuals, but they only have a form of godliness. They have absolutely no power. They deny the power there. He said, Timothy, don't allow them. To make you quit. He says, but they, verse number 9, shall proceed, excuse me, proceed no further. For their folly shall be manifest unto all men, as theirs also was. But thou, hey Timothy, I can give you all these examples. Men are going to be lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Men are going to do this and men are going to do that. Men are going to disappoint you. Men are going to frustrate you. Men are going to come alongside you. And then before you know it, they're going to walk away and they're going to leave. And they're going to be men who are going to blow in. And boy, you think they're on fire for God. But after a few months, they're going to fizzle out and they're going to be gone. You'll never see them again. And Timothy, that's going to happen. He said, Timothy, but don't look at them. Look at me. Look what he says in verse number 10. He says, Timothy, don't get your eyes on all these people who quit. 
Timothy, don't get your eyes on all these people that frustrate you. Timothy, don't get your eyes on, on people who, who give Christianity a bad name. He says, but thou. It's personal. Timothy, thou. But thou hast fully known... What's the next word there? My. My. Doctrine. You know, Paul says, hey, Timothy... If everybody else leaves you, you still have one example to look to, and that's me. Oh, but pastor, our example is Christ. I understand that absolutely. But isn't it good when you have people who actually stay at it and you have examples right here that you can go to and look at? That's what, Tim, that's what Paul says. He says, but thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience. Hey, Timothy, yeah, persecutions afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, uh, what persecutions I endured. But out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. And here we, here we get to our verse, verse number 14. But, Timothy, continue. Again, he, he gets personal. He says, but continue what? Thou. Timothy, I'm talking to you. Now, yes, this letter is going to be read. And yes, we're reading it, we're reading it 2,000 years later. But he's, made, he's personal. Timothy, thou. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture, hey Timothy, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. Hey Timothy, yes, it was profitable for salvation. And yes, you've known it since a child. But Timothy, it's still profitable now. And Timothy, not just the sections on salvation, but all of it. By the way, couldn't we say all of it really does lead us to salvation? Because all of it speaks of Christ. He says all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. And so tonight we're going to finish up this thought. This is the way, walk ye in it. We'll see part three tonight. The walk continued. The walk continued. Father, help us and teach us tonight. Father, help us to be, help, help every individual in this auditorium tonight, teenagers and children alike, Father, to have a heart of continuance. To say, Lord, give me the strength, give me the courage, give me, increase my faith. Because, Lord, I want to continue. I don't want to be a has-been. I don't want to be a used-to-be. I used to do that, and I used to do that, and I used to do that at church. Father, help us not to be used-tos. Help us not to be has-beens. Father, help us to continue. Father, as we think about Proverbs 22, 6 tonight, help us in our homes not to be used-to homes. Well, our mom and dad used to take us to church and our mom and dad 
used to read the Bible with us. And mom and dad used to do this. Father, help us tonight. Father, help our teenagers tonight to just simply once again, if they haven't done so already, just to commit in their hearts. Father, I'm not going to be a used to in my family. When I grow up and have my own home, I'm not going to say, well, our family used to go to church. Father, help me to continue that. And so teach us tonight from this passage and help us to walk out of here tonight resolved in our hearts and in our spirits that we're going to train up a child in the way he should go so that when he is old, he will not depart from it. Help us to leave here tonight as adults saying, I had a mom and dad who trained up me as a child in the way I should go. And Father, help me as an older person not to depart from it. Father, we're going to give you the glory for these next few minutes and what you're going to do in our hearts. I pray that your Holy Spirit will have freedom to move and work. And Father, we pray this, having complete faith and trust that you hear us and that you answer. And Lord, that your word is sufficient to help us tonight. That's the only thing we're going to tonight is your word because we believe it's sufficient to answer and to help and to do what we can't as human beings tonight. So, Lord, we, we ask that you would empower and help, and we pray this in Christ's name. Amen tonight. Let me give you three thoughts here from this thought of the walk continued right here from 2 Timothy chapter number 3. I want us to see the, the first thought tonight, and we must start here tonight. I want us to see that there will be seducers who deceive. I want us to see the seducers who deceive, and they will try to deceive us to not continue to quit, to stop, to do like many others had done, uh, making it necessary for Paul to write to Timothy and to encourage him to continue and to continue and, and to remain true to the faith. By the way, look back at chapter number 1 with me, if you would. 2 Timothy chapter number 1. And look at verse number 15. 2 Timothy 1 verse number 15. The Bible says, This thou knowest, that all they which are in Asia be turned away from me, of whom are Phygelus and Hermogenes. The Lord give mercy unto the house of Anesiphorus, for he oft refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chain. But when he was in Rome, he sought me out very diligently and found me. The Lord granted unto him that he may find mercy of the Lord in that day. And in how many things he ministered unto me at Ephesus, thou knowest very well. And then notice chapter 2, verse number 1. Thou therefore... Now, now he tells Timothy about all of those in Asia. He tells Timothy about Phygelus and Hermogenes. They have left. They've walked away. But, but then he comes right on the tail of that. And he mentions this man named Onesiphorus. He says, yes, Hermogenes and Phygelus, they have left. All of those in Asia. But hey, th th there's a man named Onesiphorus. And this man, he refreshed me. And this man was not ashamed of my bonds, of my chain." When he was in Rome, he sought me out very diligently. By the way, we've been speaking about that in the book of Philippians. When he was in Rome, he sought me out very diligently and found me. The Lord grant unto him that he may find mercy of the Lord in that day. And how many things he ministered unto me at Ephesus. Timothy, thou knowest very well. And then in chapter 2, verse 1, he says, Thou therefore my son. Hey, Timothy, don't be like Phygelus and Hermogenes. You be like Onesiphorus. Thou therefore my son. Do what? Be what? Strong. Be strong in the grace 
that is in Christ Jesus. They're going to be seducers who deceive, or at least who try to deceive, who try to get us to quit, and try to get our young people to quit, and try to get our young people to get their eyes on other things than, than, than upon God, and try to get their eyes upon other things and other careers other than serving the Lord. And listen, there's going to be seducers who deceive. Chapter number 3, verse number 13 tells us that. But evil men and what? Seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving... And being deceived. They're already deceived themselves. And they're trying to deceive others. There will be seducers who will deceive. And they deceive us to quit. To try to say, hey, it's not worth it. It's not worth it to keep serving God. It's not worth it uh, to, to keep being holy and pure. The, the, the seducers will come and tell our young people, listen, it, it, it's not worth it to try to stay pure. None of your friends are doing that. The seducer will come and, and try to tell a husband and wife, look, it's not, it's not worth it to stay together. It's okay. Other people break up. It's okay. And the seducer will come and try to deceive. The seducer will come to a church and, and, and try to infiltrate and try to, to, to stir up strife and discord. There's a, there's a word in the Scriptures. It's used a number of times in the New Testament. It's the word whisper. Whisperers. You know that's how a lot of heartache starts? Starts with a whisper. I believe personally that there is nothing that will ruin and break a church apart more quickly than a simple whisper. A whisper of strife, a whisper of discord, a whisper of discontent. And that's what the seducer desires. And by the way, you know what you know what the end of that is? Many times, a whole lot of people quit. A whole lot of people quit trying. A whole lot of people leave. And a whole lot of people just throw their hands in the air and say, "I'm done." Look, the seducer is real. And Paul tells Timothy, he says, Timothy's. Evil men, Timothy, evil men and seducers, they're going to wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But, but, Timothy, don't let that happen to you. But, continue. Number one, the seducers will deceive. Can I give us a few examples real quickly and then we'll move on to number two? The seducers will deceive. How will they deceive? They will deceive with people, places, and things. You don't have to turn there. You can. I, I just want to read real quickly. I'm going to go to 1 Kings chapter number 11 as we think about the people. Because the seducer will use people to draw our hearts away from God. Great example here in 1 Kings chapter number 11. It's the example of Solomon. The Bible says in 1 Kings chapter number 11, I, I don't love the context, but I, I love how we come out of chapter 10 and the first word in chapter 11 is the word but. Because in 1 Kings chapter 10, there's just a, 
a rehearsing of all of the blessings that God has given to Solomon. We, we have the verse where it talks about the fact that, that silver in Israel was like gravel. It was like stones because it was so plentiful. And then we come to chapter number 11. He says, but, but King Solomon loved many what? Anybody know? Strange women. Together with the daughter of Pharaoh, women of the Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Zidonians, and Hittites, of the nations concerning which the Lord said unto the children of Israel, Ye shall not go into them, neither shall they come in unto you. For surely they will turn away your heart after their gods. Notice the Bible says, Solomon clave unto these in love. And he had 700 wives, princesses, and 300 concubines. concubines. And notice the last phrase in verse number 3. And his wives turned away his heart. That's the seducer. Verse 4 says, For it came to pass when Solomon was old that his wives turned away his heart after other gods, and his heart was not perfect with the Lord his God, as was the heart of David his father. Hey, young people tonight, anyone in here tonight, young people, young adults, anyone here in here tonight, if you're not saved, you, you ought never, ever even think about courting or dating an unsaved person. And by the way, I'll take it even a step further. You ought not ever even think about courting or dating a young person that, now I'll say it this way and, and you can correct me later if you'd like, but dating a young person who doesn't have the same belief system that you do, that goes to a different church, you say, Pastor, why is that important? Because you'll be fighting and arguing the rest of your life. We're going to go here. No, 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 we're going to go here. You'll be fighting and arguing the rest of your life. And the Bible says that his wives pulled away his heart, turned away his heart from God. People, what about places? I'll give you an example in Genesis chapter number 13. Genesis chapter number 13, you have the story of Abraham and Lot. And the Bible says they had so much stuff. God had blessed them with so, so many cattle. In verse number 5, the Bible says, Lot also which went with Abram had flocks and herds and tents, and the land was not able to bear them that they might dwell together, for their substance was great, so that they could not dwell together. And there was a strife between the herdmen of Abram's cattle and the herdmen of Lot's cattle. And the Canaanite and the Perizzite dwelled then in the land. And Abram said unto Lot, Let there be no strife. Let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee, and between my herdmen and thy herdmen, for we be brethren. Is not the whole land before thee? Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. If thou wilt take the left hand, then I will go to the right. Or if thou depart to the right, then I will go to the left. And Lot lifted up his eyes, and behold, all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou comest unto Zoar. Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed. Now, I, want you to, I don't want you to miss this. What direction did Lot journey? What, what direction? The Bible says Lot journeyed east. And they separated themselves the one from the other. Abram dwelt in the land of Canaan, Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain, and pitched his tent toward Sodom. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. Lot was a Christian man. He was saved. 
The Bible in the New Testament calls him righteous Lot. He was a saved man. And the Bible says he pitched his tent towards Sodom. I want you to notice something here in Genesis chapter number 13. The Bible says that Abraham said, if you take the, the, the right, I'll take the left. If you take the left, I'll take the right. In our, in our world, in, Western, in the Western world, our compass points which direction? Points north. In the east, they look at things totally different. Everything points east. And so when we would say as Americans or as the West, if we would say if you go, if you go to the right, that means you can go east. If we're looking north, you go east. If you go to the left, you go west. That wasn't what Abram was saying because think about this. Abraham would have never ever counseled Lot to pitch his tent towards Sodom. Never. And so when Abram said, if you go to the right, I'll go to the left. If you go to the left, I'll go to the right. When Abram said that, he's looking east because that was their direction. And so what was he saying? He was saying, if you go south, I'll go. And if you go north, I'll go south. Which way did Lot go? He went east. That wasn't one of the choices. Why did he go east? Because the Bible says in verse 11, Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan. Why? Because in verse number 10, it said it was like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou comest unto Zoar. By the way, how did he know, how did he know what Zoar looked like? Because he had gone down to Egypt with Uncle Abraham. See, you may go into Egypt and you may come out okay. You may come back okay. But the person that you take with me, with you, may not come back okay. Abram came out of Egypt and Abram still made an altar to God and still served God and still served the Lord. But Lot had got something in his eyes and when he came back and when Abraham gave him the option, he didn't take one of the options that Abraham gave him, but he took a different option. He took an option based upon something he had already seen in Egypt. And he pitched his tent towards Sodom. And the world, the flesh, and the devil is going to seduce us to pitch our tent towards Sodom and to quit. And to say, well, that, that looks better. That, that land looks greater. That, and, and by the way, if you, if you notice the progression, this isn't a message about Lot tonight, but if you know the progression of Lot, Lot pitched his tent towards Sodom, and then Lot was, was in the gate of Sodom, and then Lot was just, he was just flat out dwelling in Sodom. It's just, it's just a little bit out of time. That's how the devil gets us. Just pitch your tent toward that. You, you don't have to go in there. You don't have to dwell there. But, but, but then before you know it, you're, you're, you're sitting in the gate. And by the way, you're, you're an important person in the city by now. Persons that sat in the gate were important. Number one tonight, the, excuse me, the seducers will deceive with people, with places, and with things. You're in 2 Timothy. We don't need to go any further than 2 Timothy for this one. 2 Timothy Chapter 4, notice verse number 10. We know the man. Paul speaks of another man that had left him. 
mentions Phygelus and Hermogenes in chapter number 1. Now he mentions another man. And in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse number 10, the Bible says, For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved what? This present world. Having loved this present world. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Listen, there's work that is commanded. It takes work to train up a child. There's a way that is charted in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Listen, there are seducers who desire for you not to stay on that path. There are seducers who desire... Now, by the way, I believe Proverbs 22.6 is a promise. But there are seducers, there's a world, there's a flesh, and there's a devil who desires, even though you may grow up in a great home, and you may grow up in a good church, and you may have a church that reinforces everything you get at home, and you're being trained up in the right way, but he doesn't want, to, he doesn't want you to stay on that right way. There's seducers who deceive. And boy, our world is filled with people and places and things that will take our eyes away from that which is important. We have so much technology today, and I'm not against it. I I mean, it can be so beneficial. But it can be so harmful if we don't regulate it. And by regulate, I'm not talking about the government. I'm talking about our homes. I don't need the government to regulate something that I can do myself. It's just whether I do it or not. And if I don't, then that's my fault. It's not the government's fault. That's my fault. If I allow things into my home that shouldn't be there, that's my fault. I can regulate that. Number one, we see the seducers. There will be seducers who will try to deceive us and try to stop us and make us quit. Number one, the seducers will deceive. Number, excuse me, number two, the saints will demand. Number one, the seducers will deceive. Number two, the saints will demand. Look at verses 14 and 15 again. What do the saints demand? Hey, what should we demand from each other? What did Paul demand from Timothy? I'll give you two things here. What did he demand? To continue, to continue in the things and to do what else? Okay, preach the word, chapter 4, but in, in verses 14 and 15. Verse 14, really. To continue in the things and then do what? It's right there in verse 14. By the way, before we even say it, this is what a lot of people today tell you not to do. To be assured of what? Okay. Number one, he demands that Timothy continue in the things that he's been taught. But number two, he demands that Timothy have confidence in his teacher. By the way, not blind confidence. Not blind confidence. He says, you know and you have been assured of what you have been taught. You have confidence. And a lot of people today... And it's not just young people, it's every age group. There are a lot of young people today who, who, who want to get rid of all the old preachers. And by the way, I'm there now, I think. There was a time where I was kind of floating in between. I don't think I'm floating in between anymore. I, I've passed that. A lot, a, lot, a lot of people want to get rid of the old pastors. 
Don't, don't, don't listen to your mentors. Don't listen to your teachers. Don't listen to your pastors. And by the way, I'm not saying have, have blind allegiance. That's not what I'm saying tonight. But if you had someone growing up who taught you the truth of God's word, whether it was a pastor or whether it was a mom or dad, have confidence in that. Look what he says again in verse 14. He says, but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned, the doctrine, the truths that you have learned. We could go back tonight and I, I, I have, a, and I'll give these to you if you're taking notes tonight. We're not going to go back and look at all them. But, but Paul speaks so many times in 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy and even in Titus he speaks about doctrine. He speaks about good doctrine. He speaks about the truth that he has, he has given Timothy and Titus. And he says, but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned. And notice this, and hast been assured of. Not blind allegiance. But you've been assured of these things, Timothy. You know it's not just something that I, that I have worked up. It's not some cultish doctrine that I have come up with myself, Paul says. You have been assured of it. So Timothy, have confidence in it. And has been assured of knowing, notice this, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. From Timothy, or excuse me, from Paul. Who else did Timothy learn from? Eunice and Lois. And that from a child, verse 15, thou hast known the Holy Scriptures. Who did he learn that from? Not Paul. Learn it from Eunice and Lois. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Number one, there will be seducers who deceive. But number two, there will be saints who will demand. There will be saints, and this is a good thing, who demand things out of us. Paul came to Timothy and he exhorted him. He encouraged him and he demanded some things out of him. Timothy, everybody else is falling off the wagon. Everybody else is quitting. Everybody else is jumping ship. Now, by the way, not everybody was, but, but, but he said, look, Timothy, continue. Continue in the things that you have learned. Continue in the things that you've been assured of because thou knowest, you know from whom you have learned them. The seducers will deceive. The saints will demand Paul demanded Timothy to continue in the things. If you're taking notes, let me give you some, some verses and we'll move right along. Talking about the things. 1 Timothy 1.3. 1 Timothy 1.10. 1 Timothy 4.6. 1 Timothy 4.13. 4.16. 5.17. 17. We already read it here in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse number 10. He says, but thou hast fully known my what? Doctrine. Uh, look, look uh, verse 16. We'll look at that in just a moment. Uh, chapter 4, verse number 2. Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering, and what? Doctrine. Look at verse number 3. For the time will come when they will not endure what? Sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Doctrine matters. God's Word matters. People say, well, doctrine divides. Yeah, it divides truth from error. That's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. We're, we're unified as brethren in truth. Well, they, 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 they're, they're pretty close. They're pretty close in what they believe. 
Which one of you goes to the cancer doctor and hopes he's just pretty close? And I'm serious. That's, that's so foolish. We don't accept that in any other area of life, do we? Well, he's pretty close. But for some reason, we accept it when it comes to the Word of God. Well, they're pretty close. By the way, pretty close is not going to get you there. You better be only. What did, what did Paul, when he's preaching to Agrippa, what did Agrippa say? Almost? Almost thou hast persuaded me to be a what? To be a Christian. And I know there's people who argue about what that means. I believe it means what it says. What it says. Paul is persuading. Paul is... We, we spoke last week about the defense of the gospel. Paul was set for the defense of the gospel. If you want to see the defense of the gospel, by the way, I think we'll do that in sometime in the next few weeks. Go to Acts uh, about chapter 24 to the end of the, to the book. Paul gives a defense of the gospel. He persuades. He tells him the truth of the gospel. The gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Nothing more, nothing less. Excuse me, less. And a person must put his faith and trust in the gospel, in the finished work of Christ, not in the not in the baptistry. See, that's what we. Well, well, they're close. They believe in Jesus, but but they also believe that the baptistry has a part of it. No, it doesn't. If it does, then Jesus isn't sufficient. He's just not. If I have to do something else and add something to what Jesus did, He's not sufficient. We either believe in the sufficiency of Christ or we don't. And I believe we believe in the sufficiency of Christ. It matters. Look, the seducers will deceive, but there will be saints who will demand some things from us. And that's good. He demanded that Paul, excuse me, that Timothy continue in the things that he demanded that Timothy have confidence in his teacher. Look real quickly, then we'll move on to number three. Go, go back a little bit to the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter number three. See, we live in such a day, we get so tied up when we, when we talk about what we're getting ready to read. Look at Philippians chapter number 3. Verse number 17, the Bible, Paul, brethren, believers in Philippi, church at Philippi, be followers together of who? Of me. Oh, but pastor, we don't follow men. Absolutely. But Paul could say that because he was following Christ. And he was saying, look, you've got all these other people who aren't following Christ. He says, brethren, be ye followers together of me and mark them which walk so as ye have us for an ensample. For many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping that they're the enemies of the cross of Christ whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly and whose glory is in their shame who mind earthly things. Their God is what? Their belly. And whose glory is in their shame. Who mind earthly things. You know what Paul is saying? He said there's, there, there are men who are in this business, who are in this business of ministry, and they only do it for themselves. They only do it for their benefit. 
they only mind earthly things. All they ever think about are earthly things. They don't think about eternal things. All they're thinking about is what they can lay up, the money that they can get. Their God is their belly. And Paul said, he said, follow me. Look, I'm thankful. And it's not man worship whatsoever. I'm thankful for pastors when I was little who taught me the word of God. I don't worship them. I worship Jesus Christ. But I am thankful for them. Look what he says a little bit further. Chapter number 4. Chapter number 4, verse number 9. He says, Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me. What does he say? Do. And the God of peace shall be with you. The seducers will deceive. See, that's what we've been speaking about. Look, if I'm going to train up a child, I have to give him the Word of God. Absolutely. Right? We read the verse, Proverbs 26, or excuse me, no, 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 Proverbs 23, 26. He says, he says, obey. Uh, no, 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 no. He says, give me thine heart. And then he says what? Observe my ways. He said, give me thine heart. Listen to what I say. But even more than that, watch what I do. If you're going to train up a child in the way he should go, you got to show, you got to tell him, yes, we talked about that this morning, the way. We got to show him the way, we got to tell him, but you got to show him. Daddies, show him. It's okay for a boy to look up to his daddy if his daddy is doing right. Not man worship, but looking up to his daddy. The saints will demand. Demand for, look, I said it last week. My son grows up when he starts making his own decisions. I desire for him to continue in the things that he has learned. And I desire for him to have confidence in those who have taught him. Not man worship. But being assured of the things and the people that have taught him and the things they have taught him. The seducers will deceive. Number two, the saints will demand. And number three, I just want to tell you, I refuse to be like that. I refuse to be like what so many people are doing today with men and women who poured their lives into them. And now they just throw them to the side because now they're old. I refuse to do that. Because they selflessly... You want to talk about humility that we talked about this morning? Men who selflessly poured their hearts and their lives, and their time, and their energy, and their effort into my life. I'm not, by the way, don't, don't you dare walk out of here and I'm say I'm talking about sweeping their wrongs under the rug. I am not talking about that. But I refuse to throw a man under the bus just because he's old. And you ought to as well. The seducers will deceive. 
the saints will demand. Let me say this. We'll look at number three. There are a lot of people who have done a lot of bad things. But not everybody does. Not everybody does. There are pastors who fail. I mean, if you want a list, I could give you a long list tonight. I wouldn't do it. It breaks my heart when I hear about pastors who have disqualified themselves from the ministry. And I beg God, God, don't, I, I don't want that ever to happen to me. God, give me, protect me. God, help my wife to, to protect me. Help my children to protect me. I don't ever want that to happen. So yeah, I, I could give you a list tonight. But I could give you a, a bigger list of men who haven't failed. And who just the, the, see, see, here's the here's the, the people who do fail, we know their names. They're the ones that make the headlines. But the people, the men who don't fail, they're just plugging away in obscurity and nobody, who, and nobody knows who they are and they're fine with that. Because they're just serving the Lord. They're not serving man. They're just serving the Lord. You say, Pastor, why do you talk about that? Because I, I, I just, I see it so much. And by the way, it's fresh on my mind. I've seen it so much this week. Just it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart to see young pastors today who some of these older pastors poured their lives into them and now they ridicule them for their stance. Why don't you stop worrying about their stance and you just go be who you are and just let it be and leave them alone. Because they're not the one that moved, you are. They're not the one who's changed, you have. So just leave them alone. And you go be who you are and be okay with it. But see, in their heart of hearts, they're not okay with it. And so they're trying to drag other men down with them. And it's just on my mind because I saw a bunch of it this week. God forgive, God help. And it breaks my heart for men who have poured their, they, they gave themselves to mentor and pour their hearts into these young men. And then young men somewhere along the line figured out that they were smarter than them. That's wrong. And again, I'm not talking about truth. I'm not talking about error. I'm talking about men who haven't fallen and who stayed right with God. I'm thankful Timothy didn't do that to Paul. As best we know, he didn't, did he? Number one, the seducers will deceive. And by the way, that's what the seducer wants us to do. The seducers will deceive. Number two, the saints will demand. Be okay with that when saints demand some things from you. Hey, Timothy, don't quit. Timothy, continue. And then number three, the Scriptures will direct. The seducers will deceive, deceive us to quit, to stop. The saints will demand. And the Scriptures will direct. Isn't that what we've been speaking about? This is the way. Walk ye in it. Look at verses 15 through 17. It, it directs us to salvation. 
and it directs us to perfection because of its inspiration. It directs us to salvation. It directs us to perfection because of its inspiration, because of who it comes from, because of its power, because of its purity. Look what the Bible says in verse number 15. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That the man of God may be perfect. It's the idea, we spoke about that this morning, it's the idea of maturity. That the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. The Scriptures will direct. How can we stay on the way when we're old, we'll not depart from it? How can we stay on the right way if we'll continue, if we'll stay true, if we'll stay submitted to the Scriptures? Because the Scriptures, they are the very Word of God. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. God breathed. It's the very Word of God. And because it's God breathed, it is powerful. It is productive. It is profitable, the Bible says, and it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof. Why do we need doctrine? Why do we need reproof? Why do we need correction? Why do we need instruction in righteousness? By the way, why do we need that? What's the word? In verse 17, same thing as growth, perfect. It's the idea of maturity. Why do we need doctrine? Why why do we need reproof when we do wrong? Why do we need correction? Somebody after we do wrong and we get the reproof, they correct us and put us back in the right way and instruction in righteousness to keep us on the right way. Why do we need that? So that we can grow so that we can be mature Christians, so that we can have spiritual maturity. The seducers will deceive. The saints will demand. And the Scriptures will direct. It always comes back to the Scriptures, doesn't it? It always does. God has given us this book. He's given us the answers for life. He's given us that which pertaineth to life and godliness. It always comes back to this. Train up a child in the way he should go. How do I know the way? I know it from the book. How am I going to keep from departing from it? How am I going to keep from allowing the seducers to to deceive me? The, the, The people or the places or the things. How am I going to keep that from happening? The book. Allowing the book to furnish me with everything that I need. That the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. That's how I stay on the path. It's the word. It's the word. Seducers can deceive. And listen, saints can demand some things from us and they can encourage us and exhort us. Stay, stay, stay. But it's the scriptures that are going to empower us. It's the Scriptures that are going to direct us and keep us in the right way. Because listen, I'll tell you this. Sometimes the saints and the other saints can come and try to encourage and exhort. And they can encourage and exhort. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. But ultimately it comes down to where we finally say, you know what? Man may fail me and I may fail man, but God never fails. 
And so I'm just going to keep trusting God. I'm just going to keep trusting Him. And I'm just going to continue. I'm just going to stay on the path. I'm done. But I remember when my wife and I were newly married. We were really in our first church after Pensacola. I mean, there you go to the, you go to the campus church and you're there. But in our first church together as a family after we had moved from there. And there were, you know, just, just some things. Just some things in the church. And we, we, we just finally, we were like, you know, we just, we just need to step away. This isn't good for our family. It's just, it's not helping us grow. Now, and by the way, lots of people say that. It wasn't that, it wasn't that the pastor wasn't preaching the word. It was, it was simply that there was a tremendously carnal environment in the church. And to the point that I caught myself being caught up in the carnality. And I was like, you know what, we, gotta, we need to go. We just have to go. And I, I remember we, we were leaving our house one Sunday morning. It was about 9.15 and this was after that. And boy, I, I tell you what, that, that's not easy. You think about that for weeks on end. Should I have done something different? Should we have stayed? You know, should we have, we have just, you know, should we have tried to make things better? And boy, you just, it, it consumed my mind for weeks. It really did. But I remember one Sunday morning, we're backing out of our driveway and, and a church bus comes behind and it was a gentleman from the church that we had been at and, and he stopped. He was a good guy. He was just a great guy. He drove the bus. He loved kids. Just a bus worker. And he, boy, he would do anything for the bus kids. And, and, um, and he stopped right there in front of our house. And I stopped the car and got out and went and talked to him. And, and uh, he said, hey, where are you going? I said, well, we're going to church. He said, oh, you're still going to church? And I was like, sure. And I said, God didn't fail me. And so we're not quitting on God. And he just had the most, he's a good guy. I mean, we, we had a good friendship way after that. But in his mind, because we had left there, we had quit on God. I said, no, 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 God has never failed us. Man fails us and we fail man. But God has never failed us. And because of that, with God's help, I'm not going to quit on God. Yeah, we're going to church. Yeah, we're still going. Because we're going to continue. And I'll tell you, every single one of us tonight just ought to simply pray, God, help me to continue. Because the old devil, he's going to try to seduce and he's going to try to throw, throw things at us. It could be strife or it could just be a person. It could be a, a, a place. It could be a, a, a thing like Demas having loved this present world. Praise God for saints who demand some things from us. Hey, continue! Timothy, don't stop! Don't be like Phygelus and Hermogenes. Don't be like all those in Asia. Don't be like those who are lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Timothy, keep going. Chapter 4, Miss Jennifer mentioned it. Timothy, preach the Word. Somebody's got to preach. And if you quit, there's a preacher who's gone. You've got to stay. If somebody's got to preach the Word, Timothy, continue. 
The saints will demand. Continue in the things. Have confidence in that which you've been taught. And thirdly, the scriptures will direct us. They'll direct us to salvation. They'll direct us to perfection. Not sinless perfection, but spiritual maturity. Because of their inspiration. Because they're powerful. Because they're God's word. Because we can trust them as we saw in Proverbs 22 this morning. They are certain and we can trust them. This is the way. Walk in it. There's work that is necessary for that to happen. There's a way. This is the way. Walk in it. And there's a walk that we have to continue. Adults, that's for us tonight. Teenagers, that's for you tonight. Teenagers, when you get to be 20 and on your own, you better still go to church. And if you live here, you better still come here. By the way, I'm serious about that. If you're still there, you ought to come. You're not going to find a better church. You need to be here. Yeah, but Pastor, I can go to the church, um, you know, five miles from here and they rock it out. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. They rock it out. God didn't call us to do that. God called us to be different. God called us to be the church. God did not call us to be the rock concert. He didn't call us to be the club. He didn't call us to be the bar. He called us to be the church, the pillar and the ground of the truth. Young people tonight, you better tether yourself to the Word of God and keep yourself there for the rest of your lives. The glitz and the glamour, that's what the devil wants to give you. And we'll go there. And by the way, let me say that I'm not saying that the Word's not preached there sometimes. Many times you can listen to the message and a person could get saved there. But what's the lasting impact of all that foolishness? That's what we ought to be concerned about tonight. This is the way. Walk ye in it. Father, thank you for Proverbs 22, 6. Father, thank you for Isaiah 30, verse 21. Father, thank you for 2 Timothy 3. Thank you for Timothy. Thank you for the Apostle Paul demanding some things from his young son in the faith. Timothy, continue. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Father, may that resonate in our minds. Us as older people, our teenagers, our young people, may those words resonate in our mind. Lord, when our young people are getting ready to detour to the right or the left, may they hear that voice in their, in their heads. May they hear your voice first. But then may they hear their mom and dad's voice. Hey, that, that's not the right way. This is the way. Walk ye in it. Father, help us tonight. There might be some folks in here tonight that just need to either um, afresh and a new commit to walking in the right way and staying on it. Or there might be some folks tonight that need to commit for, for the first time. That Lord, with your help, I'm going to train my kids. I'm going to train them in the right way. And Lord, myself, Lord, we're not going to depart from it so we can help our children not to depart from it. Lord, I don't know hearts tonight, but I pray that you move. I pray that your Holy Spirit has already moved. And I pray that we do business with you tonight. We love you, Lord, and we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Miss Pam's at the piano. Let's stand our feet if you're physically able. With heads bowed and eyes closed, if you need to come, come. If you need to come and pray, pray right where you're at. The seducers will deceive. The saints will demand. 
That's good. Parents, you ought to demand some things out of your kids. Continue thou. You know who you've learned it from. You know what you have learned. And the Scriptures will direct. Moms and dads, how much of the Scripture did you read with your kids this week? Especially those that have little ones. If you have older kids, I understand. Look, older kids ought to have some responsibility. They ought to be reading the Word on their own. I understand that. But if you have little kids in your home, how much did you read the Word of God with them this week? We have verses on Sunday at 5.15, hide and seek. Did you help your kids learn those verses this week? That's important. We don't do that just to fill a time and to babysit. We do that so that it's an opportunity for you to work with your kids all week long on a verse that they can hide in their heart, that they can seek all week long. They can seek the Scriptures. It always goes back to the Word. It's always the Word. Amen. Thank you so much for your attention tonight. Let's pray. We'll be dismissed. I'm going to ask Brother Steve Fry to pray for us tonight. Let me say this. I, I don't apologize for anything I said tonight. But I do want to say this. I, I know I stayed on that one point probably longer than I should. Let, let me say this. If, if I ever begin to preach heresy or ever begin to dabble into, in things that are sketchy, you ought to get rid of me. You ought to get rid of me. But we ought never get rid of somebody just because they're old. There's a, there's a word that's used in Titus. And by the way, it's used for old people and young people, uh, old men, young men, uh, older ladies and younger ladies. It's the word grave. Not that the younger wish the older were in the grave, but it's a word that, that speaks of being serious and having some gravity and having some weight. Yes, church should be fun. We spoke about that last Sunday night. When I was a little boy, church was the, I, that's, that's where I wanted to go. That, church ought to be fun. They ought to be, kids ought to be able to play with their buddies. Adults ought to be able to fellowship. But there also ought to be some gravity in the worship. There ought to be some reverence in the worship. And so if somebody just wants to get rid of the old people because they have too much gravity, that's wrong. That's wrong. And so God help us with that. And it's happening more than you know. And what's happening is churches are losing wisdom. They're losing wisdom. Get rid of the old people. Fine. You're losing a lot of your wisdom. 
And so that's all I was trying to say tonight. And God help us with that. God help us with that tonight. Let's, let's pray. Brother Steve's going to pray and dismiss us. Look forward to seeing you back on Wednesday night. Brother Steve, you pray.